best film editing. I was absolutely shocked that Tenet was not nominated. Yeah. How do you edit a movie backwards and forwards at the same time and not get nominated for best <laughs> film editing? Dialogue, you can't hear anything. Yes. Got it. Yes. Whatever you guys want to say, come at me. But film <laughs> editing, you know this is freaking good. This, this is the Hello, everyone. My name is Kenneth Jackson. I am joined here by Trey Riley, my esteemed co-host and good friend. I am here. And welcome back to Cinevibes. Welcome. We are talking about the award ceremony of the year as far as movies go. The Oscars. We will be breaking down the nominations presented by the Academy. And giving our thoughts on who we think will win these awards based on our own opinions of the films as well as where we think it may fall just out of word of mouth between the industry. So today we're going to dive into it. And before we do that, I want to say, go ahead and uh, if you haven't done so yet, give us a follow. (laughs) Shameless plug at the beginning. Shameless plug at the beginning. If you got this far, just hit that follow button. If you got this far, (laughs) hit the follow button. And let us know what you think about our picks, what we say about the nominations and these films. And let us know what you think about these films on Instagram and at our email. We will be providing that after the show. So stick around. But before we dive into... Our review of the Oscar nominations for 2021. Here's what's in the news. First off, Sound of Metal, an Oscar-nominated film, has won the award for sound mixing in a live-action motion picture at the 57th Annual Cass Awards presented by the Cinema Audio Society. Fun fact, the past three years, the winner of this award has also gone on to win the Oscar as well. Speaking of the Oscars... First-time Oscars producer Steven Soderbergh said that this Oscars is going to be one to remember and that they're really trying to make it into an immersive experience unlike any that we've seen before. Even going on to say, as for Mask, they are going to play an important role in the story of this evening. If that's cryptic, it's meant to be. It's a topic central to the narrative. So, we're excited to see what this year's Oscars looks like. And again... Be sure to tune in Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to watch along with us. And lastly, in the news, a story that's quite heartwarming to any film buff out there. There is now a documentary on Netflix, ironically enough, that's titled The Last Blockbuster. And it documents the account and the story of the last blockbuster location that is still in operation to this day and how it battled through the pandemic, allowing for things like sleepovers and nostalgic interactions, watching VHS tapes 
and the likes, really drawing back into the 90s and early 2000s to a time where it used to be fun to go out to the movie store on Friday nights and grab a rental and hopefully return it to avoid those late fees. And that's what's in the news this week, and back to the episode. And as some of you might know, the Oscars was pushed back this year, so it's going to be on April 25th, and at the time of this episode releasing will be the Monday before that, so Mm -hmm. we want to hear what you guys think. Throw those nominations our way, let us know who's going to win. Fantastic, and without further ado, let's jump into our picks. So, Ken, when we first saw these nominations come out and we were recording our last episode, Mm -hmm. you had an immediate reaction, almost like... A visceral reaction, if I I do say so. As if you had touched poison ivy or something immediately. Yes. You were inflamed with rage. Mm Mm-hmm. I was... We'll dive into all the different categories, of course, but I wanted to just open with what you were so curious about. All right. Well, thank you for bringing this up, Trey. It's a very touchy subject for me, but <laughs> I will I will give you my opinion right off the bat. And My ire comes from the category of lead actor. The nominations for lead actor... And it, mm, actor in a leading role. I I honestly do not understand how Lakeith Stanfield, if anything, from, sorry, sorry, I'm getting a little heated here, (laughs) from Judas and the Black Messiah, how he was not nominated at all for leading. He was nominated for supporting, but here's the thing, is that so was Daniel Kaluuya for supporting actor. I And a lot of people, like, some cases I can understand, but this case, I cannot get behind. Like, literally, Lakeith Stanfield and Daniel Kaluuya were both at least 80% of the focus of this film. Yeah. And they, neither of them was nominated as lead actor. And it makes absolutely no sense to me. It, it has to be, it, my mind immediately goes to who would be the lead actor in this then, if any. And I can understand some cases being argued about ensembles, which this kind of is an ensemble, but I, I don't think it straddles that line so close enough to be discernible between the two not as much as say the trial of the chicago seven mm-hmm. where you might have sasha baron cohen and say eddie redman yep they're very much among several other actors split out evenly through that movie so it would be fair to maybe say okay they are a, a supporting ensemble mm-hmm. but yeah i haven't seen judas but as far as i understand it there's two standout folks that are the majority of the film, so mm-hmm. it is a little bit hard to understand how this happened. One of them, I mean, sure, it should probably be like Keith, but at least one of them should be in lead actor category. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I highly agree. Now, here's where the interesting bit comes in. 
Now, many people wonder how these decisions are brought about when talking about, you know, the Academy decides this, who is the lead actor, who is supporting actor, who gets uh, what, how these votes are tabulated. And prior to the show, Trey informed me a little bit about the process in how they discern who is chosen as lead actor and supporting actor. Before that, I thought it was completely black and white. I thought that it was literally, if you are the main focus of the film, then you are the lead actor. I thought there was some written agreement somewhere on a project before you sign on to a project that you are considered the lead actor. Now, it's not so cut and dry as I had wished it were (laughs) and what I thought it was. So, Trey, can you please inform us what is the determining factor yeah so i was with you and i thought that it was more or less you put someone up for nomination as best actor and like that's what they get Mm -hmm. but we clearly see this year that that is not the case because if that were the case then lakeith would have probably only been nominated under best lead actor Mm -hmm. and not fall into the supporting category. Mm-hmm. But when you look at the actual rules for the Oscars, under rule six, there are eight conditions. And the third one I find to be the most interesting. And it says, a performance by an actor or actress in any role shall be eligible for nomination either for the leading role or supporting role categories. So right now, a can of worms is opened. Yes. Because... We used the reference earlier as, say, Tom Cruise in any movie. He's the lead. Mm-hmm. He's never supporting. Yep. But the way the rules read, theoretically, and this is voted on by the actor's branch, and any active member of the actor's branch can vote, mm-hmm. but all they have is a list of 10 actors and 10 actresses to choose from. Mm-hmm. Those have been narrowed down previously from you know different processes so theoretically you could vote for tom cruise in any of his movies as a supporting actor Mm. and if everyone were to do that theoretically again i don't see this ever happening but he would be voted for and nominated as best supporting actor and so that leaves the question of how much pull does the studio have for instance Mm mm-hmm when they push for their actor to be nominated in a certain category, Mm -hmm. as we imagine that Warner Brothers might have done for Judas, they might have pushed Lakeith as lead. Mm -hmm. But again, we don't really know. At this (laughs) point, it all seems a little bit unclear. And perhaps there's all these different in-between-the-lines type rules things that they just do and kind of aren't part of the rules. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem as clear-cut and as scientific as perhaps it once was. Yeah, and I think that the way they decided to do it is a lot more... It's almost like you're voting for candidates, which you are. You're casting your ballot for certain candidates to be in certain roles. But where the confusion comes is let's say Viola Davis 
She was an actress in a leading role, and you know, actor in a leading role, Chadwick Boseman as well. Both Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Now they're both considered leads of that film. They're both considered leads. Now I wouldn't argue with either of those because I agree. I think they both were the main focus of the film, but how does two of the main actors in a film neither? These are two. This is not three. We're not bringing in Jesse Plemons here, although I love Jesse Plemons. Shout out! Shout out to my boy. Now, I don't understand how those two are just thrown into supporting、uh, when two of the actors and. Given that Viola Davis is an actress, right, and Chadwick Boseman is an actor, so gender difference, two different categories, it split. Maybe couldn't have two actors going up for lead actor at the same time. I guess in the same film. I mean, I don't know if that's possible. Maybe that's one of those rules in there. But it just seems to me that the biggest confusion with all of that is. Neither of them got lead actor,、mm-hmm. and I think they both did a fantastic job. Honestly, if I had to tell you my opinion, I love Lakeith, and I think he did a fantastic job. But I think Daniel Kaluuya absolutely destroyed that role. He did fantastic. Yeah, he did amazing. His char- like characterization of the Black Panther leader was, I thought, absolutely phenomenal. Way different than a lot of stuff that he's done in the past. So I think he did a fantastic job. So out of those two, I think Daniel Kaluuya may get the supporting actor. But then again, I think Lakeith Stanfield should have had a shot at lead actor. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and I think that's where my confusion. It just makes no sense to me that neither of them was in lead actor. And having that voting system seems a bit flawed in the fact that you could be a lead actor. And then be demoted to a supporting actor in the Academy Award, just because more people were like, "Man, I, I really want, I really want Gary Oldman and Anthony Hopkins to be in the award." And well, I gotta, I, I like this other guy, but I don't like him enough, so I'm gonna just put him in the supporting actor. You know, it would almost make sense when they're narrowing down these lists to have based on. Let's say the studio, the producers, the people behind these projects, the films that are eligible,、mm-hmm. will stay on Judas and the Black Messiah. So that film's eligible to be nominated across all the categories.、Mm-hmm. Have the folks in charge of that provide who they think are the lead and the supporting characters,、mm-hmm. and then that go down the chain to the narrowing process. And then when you get to the acting categories.、Mm-hmm. The lead and the supporting need to be split. Yeah, they don't need to be one pool where you can vote for all five categories,、mm-hmm. which is how it is currently. It needs to be: here's the supporting categories, here's the lead categories, because you would eliminate this. Worst case, someone doesn't get nominated for a lead role, and they were still the lead role. Yeah, like it would make more sense if supporting actor here, one of the two were in there. Mm-hmm. But as it stands, you've got two that are arguably leads, and neither one of them gets set. And then one's gonna win for supporting, 
even though he was probably the lead. <laughs> yeah. Like, wrap your mind around that for a second. My mind is not wrapped. It's in a coil right now in my mind. And I think that one of the, while you were saying that, one of the things that popped into my head was that if they did that and that lead actors were split from the rest, the only reason I think that that would be good if a an actor could be a supporting is just out of pure being recognized in a film. Yeah, like falling back. If maybe they're the number six lead, mm-hmm. then they could maybe be in supporting. Yeah. Fair enough. That That is the only way I can see that possibly being it. But at the same time, I just, I, I can't get behind that. And so that is my whole debacle with these nominations. Now, one of the things about this year's nominations is the fact that we have a lot more diversity in these nominations for these different categories. There's a lot more. One of the biggest standouts that I've heard, and you know, I didn't see the film, but the biggest standout I saw from everybody's reaction was Steven Yuen in Minari as an actor in a leading role. That was the biggest thing that I heard about these nominations. It's beautiful. And as well as director, Chloe Zhao for Nomadland. Asian director. Asian woman director. Fantastic. Also, Promising Young Woman is a female director. Mm-hmm. Emerald Fennell. Yep. Finelli. Fennell. How do you say her last name? I don't know. Looks like Fennell. Emerald Fennell. Well... We'll we'll go with Fennell for now until we get a letter from her publicist saying stop. Yeah, correcting us. (laughs) And also in director, we had Lee Isaac Chung for Minari uh, Mm -hmm. as well. So got some nice Asian support coming here in the nominations. Yeah, in the acting nominees, nine of the 20 nominees are from ethnic minority backgrounds, which... Is the most Mm. diverse it's ever been. Mm. And there's a lot of UK love. A lot of the actors, even like uh, Vanessa Kirby, Gary Oldman, Riz Ahmed, they're all UK folks. Mm -hmm. Daniel Kaluuya, as you mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, UK and a lot of ethnic minorities got a lot of nominations this year. Yeah, I think that it's a good step in the right direction and the fact that it's becoming less and less Americanized, you know, it's becoming Mm -hmm. less and less co-centric to America uh, or at least more centered around it. And I think that it's fantastic. And I think last year's Oscars really shone a light on that with Parasite winning and Bong Joon-ho winning a lot of the awards because it's such a good movie you just got to read the subtitles if you yeah. speak English. I mean, if you were to discredit that movie for that, what yeah. a shame. Yeah. And I think about, you know, this isn't about the ethnic minority groups, but about making it more global. Mm-hmm. Think about how many movies have British or Australian actors that are playing American roles. Mm. It's yeah. so many. Yeah. And to just throw all of them out 
And then you're always nominating, I don't know, what's the actor that always gets nominated, it seems like? I don't know. If, I don't know if there's been many in the past, like past few years. I think it's always been kind of diverse, at least. Like no one this year under best actor is a white American male. Yeah. And that's kind of cool because perhaps mm-hmm. they weren't the best, you know, that's mm-hmm. something to consider. These five gentlemen. Mm-hmm. With Anthony Hopkins, Riz Ahmed, Steve Yoon, Chadwick, and Gary Oldman. Maybe they were mm-hmm. the best. And they yeah. weren't American. Oh, well. Yeah. Like, it's about the best, right? Well, yeah. And I think that's what... It's acknowledging the fact that these individuals showed outstanding capabilities in a leading role in a film regardless of what they look like or where they're from. That's the biggest goal in the industry is to not stay true to, oh, they're American and, you know, they're probably more light-skinned. Right. You know, I don't think there's any, like, I would hope not blatant outright, oh, well, I'm just going to vote for white people, but I don't know. I've been proven wrong in the past. Sure. My actor in a leading role, I think that these choices, it's not American-centered. And also, it's showing that there's a world of cinema out there. Like what I was mentioning with Bong Joon-ho's Parasite, is there's a world of cinema out there. And we, me and Trey, we were talking before the show about the foreign films. They have a foreign film section in here. And although we have not seen, well, any of them, actually, <laughs> uh, the international films, we there's there's some love in there as well, you know? And yeah, it's a I good f- category. I, I don't think it's a knocking on us for not seeing these because these most likely were local releases and also local productions as well. But it's nice to see that they're on the billboard as well as some of these big movies that are what people would deem is leading the industry. Yeah, I agree. I think it's difficult to see an Oscar international film before the Oscars debut, Mm -hmm. unless you have that sort of clout or pull to be able to get those releases sent to you or something like that. Or be, mm-hmm. you know, part of the Academy. Yeah. But yeah, I thought one of the nomina- nominations that was the most interesting to me, I, I'm going to come back to this one a lot because I love the movie, Sound mm-hmm. of Metal. Yeah. But Riz Ahmed is the first actor of Pakistani descent to get an Oscar nomination. Yeah. And the first Muslim to be up for Best Actor. I was going to mention that, Riz Ahmed. I, I was looking at him like man heck yeah dude because i think that's been some not necessarily I, i'm happy that he was nominated because not only did he perform fantastically uh and not just to say a statement about pakistani people being uh nominated for leading roles but showing that he's such a good actor that regardless of any possible prejudice there may be he gets nominated yeah and 
again, he was freaking amazing in this movie. Like, he plays a guy that is a heavy metal drummer going deaf. That that log line <laughs> right there just says it all. When we reviewed some of the old trailers from last year, that was one that stood out, and it did not disappoint. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of that. And I'm glad to see the diversity being rewarded because, again, the best should be nominated. Yeah, and I think that a lot of these nominations I don't necessarily argue with. Like, if we go to Best Picture, and I'm just going to list them off. Uh, I haven't seen many of them, but just to give my opinion on just a few of them, like Judas and the Black Messiah... I saw that and I thought it was fantastic. That's where a lot of my that that's where I I didn't really agree a lot with was the acting section, but to be nominated as best picture, I thought it was really well done and I think that's a really good spot like for best picture. And mm-hmm. then also I've seen Mank, uh which I think Gary Oldman did a fantastic job. I do not argue with his lead actor nomination. Uh and then also Sound of Metal trial of the chicago seven these films i think are fantastic and they say something uh very powerful in each single film and you know the other films which i haven't seen the father minari nomad land promising young women those i can already tell you have an impactful meaning for a lot of people that do watch this so i don't have any qualms with anything in best picture but i just know that it was only that one category, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna beat a dead horse uh, here the whole entire time. Yeah, I think with the best picture, it's the only category that can be more than five nominations. Mm-hmm. And this year, I believe there's eight, so mm-hmm. there can be more than that, but that's yeah. near the upper limits. Yeah, and I think it's it's solid. There's I've seen. Only a few more than you. I've seen Minari, which was yeah, just a treat. I mean, yeah. talk about the American dream. Mm-hmm. And then through the eyes of a South Korean family. Mm-hmm. I was going to say from a different perspective. Like, I felt like that could have been me as a white American. And mm-hmm. the ability to translate that across the screen to everyone i imagine perhaps a black family could watch that and feel like that's their family like they Mm -hmm. could be those people yeah so it's really beautifully done in that way and just a lovely ensemble cast there especially uh the little boy i believe his name's alan kim what a Mm -hmm. treat he's gonna be a a fun dude to watch as he grows up yeah that's fantastic so yeah, best picture. We'll come back to that one and make our nomination at the end, or our selection for winner rather. But uh, let's jump to best actor. Yep. Best actor or lead actor in a leading role. The nominations. So the nominations are Riz Ahmed in Sound of Metal, Chadwick Boseman, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Anthony Hopkins, The Father, Gary Oldman, Mank, and Stephen Wynn, Minari. I have seen 
Uh, the only ones I haven't seen are The Father and Minari, but you've seen Minari, and I will uh, allow you to sway me on that one. <laughs> and, of course, I love Sir Anthony Hopkins, my guy in The Father. Uh, I haven't seen The Father. I definitely need to. It's on my list in the next week to watch. Uh, but I've seen Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. I've seen Sound of Metal, and I've seen Mank. And my decision out of... Those three, I honestly, you know, I love Chadwick and I think Chadwick did a fantastic job in the role. And I I think that especially towards the end of the film, you know, although he does a fantastic job leading the film prior to that, the Mm -hmm. performance towards the end was just, oh my God, like it was tear jerking. But I I think Gary Oldman's interpretation of Mankiewicz in Mank, it, it's a tough decision for me, you know, because these are most of these uh, and Sound of Metal being a uh, and, and also a few of them. But Mank is a period piece and so is Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. You know, I'm not I'm not giving it the decision because I'm going to do that on Best Picture as far as uh, the stylization goes. But acting-wise, I'll give it to... Man, why why are these so tough? I'm going to have to go with Chadwick Boseman. You know what? Mm. Chadwick Boseman. He's my choice for actor in a leading role because... Honestly, like his performance in that, I think was it's very memorable, and his ability to portray such a conflicted person, and and I swear some of those lines in that film that he had just stick with me. Mm. Like one of the lines was "Don't don't worry about me. I know how to handle the white man," and like that that line comes back at the end. Wow! If you've seen it, it comes back. And, man, just the emotional power that he had in the the last bit was just fantastic. So, but I do think that Gary Oldman did a fantastic job as Mank. Maybe runner-up for him, huh? And Riz Ahmad, of course. Yeah, runner-up would be Gary Oldman. And I think Riz Ahmad did a fantastic job, especially with such difficult circumstances. But the two that stood out to me the most were Chadwick and Gary Oldman. Yeah. I unfortunately have only seen two of these films, Sound of Meadow and Minari, and Mm -hmm. therefore I feel like I'm at a disadvantage in my voting, but because we're doing it and I want to throw my vote out there. Mm -hmm. And this is tough because it's hard to separate the movie from the actor. Yeah, I know. If you that's really what I love was... a movie. <laughs> that's what the was going on with me. Might not have necessarily been the best, but the movie was amazing. Mm-hmm. <sighs> All right. Rizamed. Rizamed. <laughs> if you take him out of that movie and put him in another world, I want to see more of that. And so, mm-hmm. for that alone, I will pick him. Nice. But. I mean, and we didn't mention this before, but there are politics. There's stuff here for why mm-hmm. people win. 
Yeah. So we're not telling you who we think the Academy is going to pick. We're just saying who we think is our favorite. Yeah. And it's probably going to be different than who would win. In all honesty, probably Chadwick or Gary is going to win. Like it's just trended that way. And given, you know, Chadwick's unfortunate and untimely death. Yeah. It would seem like he would be a, a top candidate, but you know, Gary Oldman's won before playing roles where he's very different than his normal self in mm-hmm. um the darkest hours, I believe. Yeah. So I could see either one of those. Yeah. I definitely think that Chadwick is a strong contender. And it's not necessarily to say that his death is the biggest contributor because like my decision showed he in my honest opinion had a fantastic performance like honestly probably one of his best yeah it would be well deserved for sure i just know that that probably is a factor in some voters minds yeah all right and by the way we're not going to review all the categories here if we haven't seen any of the films it's kind of a disservice to the category to try and vote on it so yeah. out of respect, we would not do that. Mm-hmm. So up next, we have Best Original Screenplay, which personally is one of my favorite categories because I try to do a little bit of the writing thing. And for someone to be nominated for an original idea is an incredible honor for yeah. any story. So this one carries a little more weight for me personally than some of the other ones. So this Mm -hmm. is a fun one. Yeah. And we got Sound of Metal, Minori, Promising Young Woman, Judas and the Black Messiah, and The Trial of Chicago 7. Mm Mm-hmm. And so all of these films are very, they're very relevant. Yeah. I think about Promising Young Woman and that material dealing with women being manipulated sexually and taken advantage of at clubs and by like chauvinistic dudes that think they're cool. Mm-hmm. And you got Judas and the Black Messiah portraying the story of the Black Panther leader and an era there which is very prominent especially this past year mm-hmm. and in the same vein the trial of chicago 7 dealing with yeah. the injustice there dealing with the the political nominations from the i believe 1968 might be wrong mm-hmm. on the year but the 60s for sure yeah so and then minari as we mentioned showing a different perhaps more common story of coming to America, not the movie. Not the movie. And what that life might be like, since that is obviously a thing. This movie is set in the 90s or the late 80s. I can't remember which. But compared to then, this is a much more common thing. It's a very common story. There's a lot more of these different groups in the country and having to find their path. So all that to say, all these films feel like they're nominated 
not only out of the text on the page being brilliant. I mean, you have like Aaron Sorkin, for instance, Lee Isaac mm-hmm. Chung. It's also the story, the content itself is very relevant. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think these films have a lot to say. They're very powerful with the message that they have to deliver. And it's very timely, as you were saying. Uh, I think that these films, original screenplays, I think that it's a category that I really do enjoy because with movies running around where sequels run rampant nowadays, I think that original screenplays are welcomed and I really like to see it. And I'm happy that studios are not giving up on that uh, and funding them to be made. Now, to jump into my thoughts, I think that when I saw Trial of the Chicago 7, I thought it was a fantastic film. I think it was really well done. Acting was fantastic. I think Sasha, who was also nominated for supporting actor, uh, did a fantastic job. Sound of Metal, of course, we talked a bit about Riz Ahmad and his fantastic performance and also just the story itself. And so my opinion of the original screenplay is probably going to be more weighted, although I enjoy Aaron Sorkin's Trial of the Chicago 7 and just his kind, I kind of do enjoy the courtroom drama. I, I might be in that category where I enjoy that courtroom drama some people don't but i i I would say i'm more weighted towards sound of metal and minari and promising young women just mainly out of the fact that although judas and the black messiah i think was a fantastic interpretation of the biblical story of jesus and judas i think that you know, although it did well playing on that, I I just enjoy more of the fiction side of things rather than, you know, these two films, Judas and the Black Messiah and The Trial of the Chicago 7, were based off of real events. These were based off mm-hmm. of real life people. And I think that's fantastic, but I would prefer to see more of the more of the fiction side of things, more of the like not necessarily imaginative circumstances because Minari may be the real experience that the writer had with moving to America. Right. Right. And not saying that sound of metal isn't or promising young women, but I would say as far as the films I've seen, I would go with sound of metal as my pick for original screenplay. He's done it folks. I've done it. <laughs> you dropped the hammer. I have. Yeah, Sound of Metal, I think, was a very nice script. I think it was very powerful in the fact that what it had to say was you had Riz Ahmad throughout the entire film fighting against this inevitable thing. And many people were telling him it's not going to be the same. It can't go back to the way it was. He's fighting against that and saying, no, I need it to. And so the entire film, he's trying to get this money to get this cochlear implant to be able to hear again. But whenever he does hear again with the cochlear, it's not the same and it won't ever be the same. And so I think the last bit of that film is just so powerful (laughs) in the fact that it's, it's kind of like, and I'm tearing up right now thinking about it, but he accepts 
himself. Much of the film was telling him, except that this is how you are now. You're, you know, there's nothing wrong with you. You're not broken. This is natural. And just because it's not the way you want it to be, you know, sometimes that's just the the hand you're dealt. And it doesn't mean you're broken. And I think that's why I would choose Sound of Metal is because it's so powerful. Maybe this is uh, also leaning towards your decision for a- another category we're going to get to at the end. But Perhaps. Yeah. When I look at these, I'm trying to imagine I haven't seen the film and I'm reading the script. Mm-hmm. And we all know that Aaron Sorkin's a beast. Like You throw that yeah. script on the table... It's getting made by someone, in this mm-hmm. case, by himself. But I'm going to set that aside. Then I'm going to imagine reading Minari. It's a blend of Korean and English. Probably helps with me not knowing Korean to... Mm-hmm. I'm assuming... I, don't, I haven't seen the script, but I'm assuming it's got underneath what it is or somehow dictates or notates that it's to be spoken in Korean. Mm-hmm. I like that it would probably be a difficult read for me because that would help with seeing the difficulty of interacting and trying to fit in to acclimate to speaking English. Mm-hmm. While they can speak English perfectly fine, they're not that they can't it's just that's their like that's their language they speak at home so of course they're going to be speaking that Mm -hmm. so you know thinking about trying to read through that i like how i could probably be tripped up at times and forced to kind of jump into how they might have felt but in the other opposite way yeah and then as you mentioned sound of metal there's so many design uh, sound design cues in there I'm curious how that looks on the page because it sounds perfect I don't know how you translate that to the page Yeah, I feel like it's I don't know I feel like it's probably not as good as a script because it's hard to really you have to kind of tell someone, like, hey, you know that sound, like the ringing in your ear you get sometimes? Or, like, if someone shoots a gun by your ear? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you put that on a page? I don't know. Yeah. But nonetheless, it translated. If it is in the script, brilliant. Mm-hmm. If it's not, still brilliant. So, I don't know. All that to say, simply because the dialogue itself is very powerful i'm a dialogue guy i'm not an action guy guys, folks the trial of chicago seven yeah, i'm gonna he, go he's with chosen it, it. trial and of chicago seven i think this is probably a high contender for winning just based on other award shows this year it's one for best mm-hmm. screenplay so original screenplay and nice you know, again, having not seen uh, two of these films, I can't really speak to their writing or their movie. But yeah, Trap Chicago Seven. Nice. Wow. <laughs> I, 
good pick. I do want to, I don't think we need to dive into this category, but best film editing. I was absolutely shocked that Tenet was not nominated. Yeah. How do you edit a movie backwards and forwards at the same time and not get nominated for best (laughs) film editing? Sound design? Okay, it sucks. Dialogue, you can't hear anything. Got it. Yes. Whatever you guys want to say, come at me. But film (laughs) editing, you know this is freaking good. All right, that's it. All right, so let's move on to actor in a supporting role. Highly debated what we circled back to. And now we're going to force Ken to pick between two people that deserve much more. Mm. Or perhaps he's going to pick someone else. He could surprise no us way. here. I, I, it's still, I, I'm, I'm still on that high. I'm still coming down, but I, I, I can think clearly now. And I, I think that we have some really good choices here. Two really fantastic choices in Daniel Kaluuya and Lakeith Stanfield, both for Judas and the Black Messiah. Sasha Baron Cohen with Trial of the Chicago 7. Paul uh, Rachi. Paul Rachi, Sound of Metal. And Leslie Odom Jr., One Night in Miami. Still haven't seen that, but I was... I like it blew me away that Regina King directed this movie. Yeah. Like you know, I've seen her acting in movies forever and it's like you made a Oscar worthy directorial debut? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Respect given. All right. Anywho. Our choices for actor in a supporting role. Doosh, 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 doosh. I, that, that was my like, who wants to be a millionaire? But the lights <laughs> come down, you know. He, he has the light effects happening as well. It's pretty <laughs> elaborate over I have, there. Yes, I have the lighting effects in my room in my lovely little closet. So, I think that I'm happy to see Sasha Baron Cohen here. Yeah, I'm happy to see him here because. I don't think many people take Sasha very serious. That's kind of the ironic part of the role he plays in Chicago 7. Mm-hmm. He's the jokester. Yeah. I And I love to see him here. And even whenever, like, he did have those moments of extremely passionate, like, acting. And, like, he showed off a lot of his acting chops in this film. Uh, with how passionately he fought for what he wanted, and so I'm I'm happy to see him here. I honestly I cannot say enough about Daniel Kaluuya and his role in Judas. Mm-hmm. I I've already spoken about how I think that his role and his portrayal was extremely powerful. When you see him on the screen, it's there. It, it's magnetic honestly Mm -hmm. and Lakeith Stanfield I think he did a fantastic job as well in his portrayal and I just love Lakeith as a person and what he's done in the past few years 
and how much he's grown as an actor. So I'd love to see him here as well. Paul Rachi. Amazing with the sign language and stuff mm-hmm. and sound of metal. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't, I assume maybe he had to learn that for the role, but man, I honestly thought, you know, if you didn't know him from other roles, perhaps like he could have been tough and like lived that life. He played it really well. Yeah. So I think he did a fantastic job in his supporting role in Sound of Metal. And Leslie Odom Jr., I mean, I haven't seen One Night in Miami, but I I can already tell my man's he's fantastic to watch. I've seen Hamilton and he shines bright like a diamond. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I I these are some tough picks. Honestly, they're fantastic actors. And you know, in my mind it's kind of a it's kind of a decisive victory already, but I think that every every person on this list deserves recognition for what they've done. But Daniel Kaluuya, it's Daniel Kaluuya for me. There it is. Just cuz I I love his portrayal. He's just so magnetic on the screen. The law has been laid down, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. I am not surprised by your pick. I know you had strong feelings in this category, and from the way you've described the movie to me, I would have to agree with you. I feel like his performance must be something to really be caught up in and enjoy, Mm -hmm. which is brilliant. But, let's see. Hmm. What do I do here? What do you do, Trey? I think because Lakeith should have been in a different category. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, because of that, he might not win in this category. Mm -hmm. You guys like how I'm saying category? I do like it. I'm going to pick him because he deserves the respect. You did the big, big boy move. So because we both can vote for winners, they both win. How about that? Everyone gets a trophy mentality. We did it. Heck yeah. We here at Cinevibe support the two actors which are questionably in this category and should be in another category. Yep. Much love to the others, but... And mine's based on every movie I've seen him in. I mean, I've never thought Mm -hmm. he did anything poorly, so... Oh, yeah. You don't even have to see all his films to know that. Definitely go watch Sorry to Bother You. Yes. It's a fantastic film. (laughs) You'll, You'll enjoy that one. So let's move on real quick to Actress in a Supporting Role. Yeah, show our female counterparts some love. We have Maria Baklava in... You saw Borat, didn't you? I saw Borat's subsequent movie film. <laughs> and see, I what, earlier in the conversation, whether you cut it out or not, subsequent popped into my mind and I couldn't get subsequent out of my mind. Instead of so sequel. therefore I couldn't get sequel to mix in my brain juices. So subsequent just kept popping up. So thank you, Borat, for doing that to my mind. 
We also have Glenn Close in Hillbilly Elegy. She's been nominated Olivia. eight times, by the way. And Not I don't believe times. she's won. Oh, my God. So I don't know if that's reason to pick her or not, but she's been <laughs> Just trying give it hard. To her. She's been trying. Uh, we also have Olivia Coleman in The Father, Amanda Seyfried in Mank, and Yeon Yu Young in Minari. There's a lot of good choices here. As I mentioned, Glenn Close. She is older, but mm. she somehow looks even older in Hillbilly Elegy. The makeup department <laughs> did a fantastic job. I don't know if they're nominated in the makeup category, but that would be just a shame if they weren't. Yeah. And they are, so... We'll just, as a collective, Cine Vibes will pick them for makeup. Makeup, yes. Anywho, jumping back to this category. Yeah, I think that's a solid performance from her. I think a lot of people felt a certain way about this movie. Maybe it's the Netflix curse. People don't want to give Netflix movies credit, I feel like, for some reason. Yeah. But outside of that, I... Hmm. Here's what I'll do here, because I haven't seen some of these movies. I'm going to go with what I think will be the winner, based on the Academy. I'm going to go with Olivia Coleman. Olivia Coleman. When she's nominated, she wins. Simple as that. Whether it's The Favorite yeah. or other films in the... Honestly, in the recent years, she's been taking them home, you know, walking out of there with a handful of trophies. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with uh, the Academy choice here. And another one that would be right up there behind her as a potential breakout role would be Yun Yu Jung in Minari would be my follow-up. Nice. Well, I have seen Borat subsequent movie film and uh, Mank. So out of those two, uh, I'm not going to... I, I, I think I'll actually go with your uh, take on this as well. Um, not necessarily Olivia Coleman, but I want to see Yeon Yu Jung win in Minari. Yeah. I think that'd be really cool. Just that that film, I think, was uh, it, it's making waves and most likely for good reason. I, and it's on my watch list. Like literally, as soon as I turn off this, I, I'm going to go watch Minari. And it's a treat. I just want to see it because the the story and everything just seems like so interesting to me. Yeah. So I, I choose Young Yu Jong. There you have it. Nice. And lastly, the thing that you wait three hours to hear announced mm -hmm. for two minutes of the show. Best picture. That's right. As previously mentioned, Ken went through the list of films, Sound of Metal, Mank, Minari, Promising Young Woman, The Father, Judas and the Black Messiah, The Trial of Chicago 7, and Nomadland. Mm -hmm. What a lineup that no Very one has strong. seen in theaters. Let me point that out. That's I don't right. know if 
many people got the chance to do that, which is a shame. Yeah. Although, All of the films I've seen. Most of these probably didn't necessarily need a theatrical viewing to really hit you hard in the heart. Yeah. Having said all that, this is a tough choice because half of these movies are on my next-to-watch list, and I'm bummed that I haven't been able to see them yet, particularly Promising Young Woman and Nomadland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Nomadland is up there for me. I want to watch someone walk around for two hours not knowing what's going on. Yes, please. I need that. Especially with Francis McDormand. Francis, like... All right, so we'll make our picks, and then I think we can collectively make a pick mm-hmm. based on who's nominated here. Yes. So my personal pick, if I were just... I get to push the button. Sound of metal. Got it. It hit me. We've talked about it enough. That's my pick. Nice. Well, I believe my pick may come out of left field considering, yes, that I've chosen very differently in my previous picks. Oh, shoot. What's it going to do? What's it going to be? It's going to be Mank. What? Yeah. I, I'm choosing Mank. He shocked the crowd. That's right. A hush falls over the crowd as they're shocked. A pin uh, could drop right now. Mank is my choice because of the period piece it is, Gary Oldman's performance, and just the all-around aesthetic of the film, black and white. I heard, and I believe this is true, the entire film, no version of that film exists in color. Yeah, that is true. They shot it specifically on a red camera built that can only do black and white. So I I got to give props to that. And now... I think that just going for that endeavor and shooting straight black and white gives it that undertone that it was looking for, for an aged film. Mm -hmm. The effects put on top of it, of the almost filmic look, uh, like was used in that era. I thought it was great. So it takes you out of being in present world uh, where we are and puts you back in that golden age of the silver screen. Well, I don't know what to say now, guys. I'm just completely shook to my core. <laughs> he is quaking in his boots right now. And as much as Mink and these other six films are just a treat to whatever audience it might be made for, mm-hmm. if I had to pick, and I'm kind of assuming that Ken's on the same page here, but if we had to pick who the Academy would pick, I think Nomadland is where they're going to go. Yeah, I agree. Francis McDormand wakes up and just 
Oscars radiate from her body. That's right. She just turns on a light, and then on her bedside is like five Oscars right there. <laughs> and Chloe Zhao, like, she's been making huge waves ever since she started making these low-budget indie films in the past several years that have been in an Oscar nominations and considerations. So you got her in there, and now she's going on to do The Eternals. Like, yeah. talk about a freaking step, you know? Mm-hmm. So... All those things considered, yeah, I feel like that would be the way the Oscars, the Academy would go with their pick. I'm right there with you. Anyhow, having said all that, we want to hear from you guys. What movies would you have liked for us to talk about? What categories are you most excited to watch out for on April 25th? Yeah, let us know. Hit us up on instagram at the cinevibes and if you want to email us your rants about how much you are just distraught about judas and the black messiah and daniel kaluuya lakeith stanfield being snubbed for lead actor please i want to read that so send that my way and i will read it very promptly and be forwarding it to the academy and if you want to just go ahead and give us a a like on spotify and follow us on all of the other streaming platforms that the podcast is on stitcher soundcloud apple podcasts i got it uh i i keep calling it itunes hey honest mistake (laughs) rip itunes rip itunes and of course on spotify let us know what you think about the show let us know what you think about our picks here and whether you were absolutely shocked by my choice of mank as much as trey was by my choice still stunned currently still absolutely he's he hasn't moved at all he's just moving his mouth at this point he's in (laughs) complete shock (laughs) But with all of that being said, thank you so much for listening to the podcast and just being here with us as we make our picks and look forward to these amazing films being chosen at the Oscars. Yes. Hope you guys enjoy the Oscars this coming up weekend. Please do enjoy it. And we're out.